Hello and welcome back to the Lost and Profound podcast. Uh, sorry it's been a while, we, we've been very busy, um, but today we've brought you a very, very useful episode. Um, it's slightly different to how we usually run it. So what we've done is I'm doing a solo episode. Uh, this is Dill and I'm with a guest, a very special guest today. Um, and we'll be talking about a very important topic um, and a topic that we feel that people are very lost with. Um, you know, people that are coming out of uni that have just started up and just started earning. Um, a lot of people find this kind of uh, advice and the, the, the topic quite confusing. Um, so today we'll be talking about personal finances, uh, all about money, um, and hopefully something that will be very, uh, very useful to everyone. And to do that, we've brought on a special guest, my dad. So, dad, say hello. Hello, everybody. Um, so, dad, maybe just to start off with, maybe talk a bit about who you are um, and why should people listen to you on this specific topic? Uh, thank you for the introduction, Dil. Uh, I'm, my name is Hitesh Shah. I'm a qualified chartered accountant and an independent financial advisor, senior partner at Fleming's Chartered Accountants and Fleming's Financial Planning Limited. So the first question today, um, as, as I said before, the audience is you know, relatively young, probably just started to earn or just about to earn. What would one piece of advice be that you would give them as they've, you know, just starting to earn, uh, earn money? Okay, so assuming you've come out of university and you're joined and employ your f- first full-time job, the most valuable advice I can give is to have your goals and aspirations mapped out and have a roadmap for the next two or three decades as to how you're going to achieve that. Okay. Um, and kind of a follow-up question. So a lot of uh, students, obviously, once they go to university, uh, they'll have to take out loans and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll be in student debt. How should, I mean, should they go and pay that off immediately? How should they go about approaching that, uh, the student debt? What, what would you advise on that? Okay, the student debt, the government has been generous in allowing students to fund their education and then the debt to be paid off over the next 20, 30 years, depending on your pay. In the last few years, and also because of the pandemic, the government has run out of money and they're looking to recover these debts as quickly as possible. And the interest they charge is now a very high rate. So my advice would be as soon as you've got your feet under the table, you've got some money coming in and you've got some savings is to then pay off the student debt as quickly as possible. Okay. Um, so say I, I, you know, I'm earning uh, an income. I've just started to earn and it's obviously all getting paid into my you know, current account. What should I be doing with that money? Should I leave it in that current account? Should I, what, what would you say is the most prudent thing that I could do with the money? Okay, so once your salary comes through your bank account and providing you've mapped out your aspirations, the first thing is how to budget what you've got coming in and what will your expenditure be. So you prepare an annual budget 
uh, with all the income minus the expenses and see what you've got left over. Okay. And, you know, with that leftover amount, should I be saving it? Should I be spending it? How, what, how do I decide what to do with that amount? Okay. Everybody been young, people want to enjoy themselves, uh, go out, dining, uh, traveling, etc. Uh, which is great. But what you need to do is to have a kind of balance between what's left over and what you want to do with it. So some of it will go on entertainment and lifestyle. But after that, whatever is left over should be planned ahead. So the first thing is how you can save up to pay off the student debt. The second thing is maybe... Uh, insure yourself in terms of life assurance. Um, for example, if you take out a life cover of £500,000 in the event of your death for you to leave to your loved ones, the monthly premium is about £25-£30 a month. And you can have this insured up to age 85, which is very valuable. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about you know, investing in stocks, investing in um, bonds and so on. How do I, as someone who, you know, doesn't know much about, you know, finance and the finance financial world, how do I navigate all of these things? Okay, uh, good question. The government has incentivized each individual to look after themselves. So there are a number of what we call tax-efficient investments and this is important because you need to build a portfolio of tax-efficient investments according to your income and uh, your, your, your outlook. So the first thing you need to do is to invest in what is known as an individual savings account. The annual limit per person is £20,000 per annum. Secondly, if you were to invest that money either in cash or stocks or bonds, then the income arising from this investment is completely tax-free. So for instance, if you invested in cash, then the interest is tax-free. Or if you've invested in stocks and shares, the dividends you get and the capital gain you get is uh, completely tax-free. Over the years, uh, these amounts will build and it will become a meaningful portfolio. Okay. Um, next question would be, uh, you know, around pensions. So can you just explain, you know, what exactly is a pension um, and how, uh, how valuable are they? How useful are they? Should I be saving into my pension? Again, pension is a very important uh, subject matter. Now, when you're young, you probably think, uh, I'll worry about my pension in 20, 30 years' time. But the truth is, the sooner you start saving, you've got the benefit of compound growth over the years. What, is, what does that mean? What does compound growth mean? Compound growth means the more money you put into a pension plan, the faster it'll go whilst you're young. And hopefully, you won't need to put that much more money in at a later date. Now, pensions, again, is a tax-favoured, uh, investment by the government. First of all, you actually get tax relief on the amount you subscribe subject to some limits. 
For example, if you were to put in a thousand pounds into your pension plan uh, per annum, then the government will rebate, depending on your marginal rate of tax, uh, anywhere between 20% to 45%. So that's that's a good starting point. Secondly, pensions, again, as a wrapper, are exempt from taxes. So you don't pay income tax, capital gains tax, corporation tax uh, on the pension, including inheritance tax. So it is a very, very formidable investment, probably the most tax-efficient investment in the United Kingdom. The way pensions work, there are two types. When you join your employer, uh, they will enroll you into what is called auto-enrollment. That means the employer will pay 3% of your salary into a pension plan, subject to some limits, and you pay 5%. Because what the government wants is you start as early as practically possible. So in other words, 8% of your salary you have started to save in a pension plan. There are rules uh, as to when you can exercise your pension plan. It is a long-term investment. At the moment, the earliest you can exercise your pension is at age 55, and the government is moving those age limits higher to possibly... Uh, age 58 by 2028. In addition to your employer's pension, you can also have a personal pension. And in addition to that, uh, when you pay your national insurance contributions whilst you're working, at age 66 currently, you get state pension. So pensions are very important. And although it seems years away, you should start planning to contribute whatever you possibly can as early as you can so that in later years the contribution doesn't escalate and gets out of control. So one thing that you know uh, some of my friends talk about is that they don't want to save into a pension because it locks the money away. You know, you, you put your money in and, and you can't essentially you can't access it until you've reached, you know, wherever the age is 50 60 years old what would you say to those people um, that are a bit wary of locking you know so much money away okay again that's a good observation because once you make a contribution to a pension plan you can't use the benefits until your late 50s early 60s however um, if you start contributing sensibly to begin with you probably will not miss this money. Secondly, it's a discipline that you know you're making a contribution. It is for your pension and not to buy that fancy car or go on a holiday, etc. So it gives you a sense of discipline. And by investing in a pension plan earlier, you can actually invest in stocks and shares, which will benefit from uh, the gain not being taxed, the dividends not being taxed either. And in the event you die, the whole part goes inheritance tax-free to your loved ones. So it is recommended to start as early as you can. And if you do start early, you don't have to make very substantial contributions. For instance, it can be anything like 50, 100 pounds a month, if you can afford that. And uh, that will accumulate as the years go by. Another sort of 
uh, avenue of investment that a lot of people uh, talk about and you know are interested in is property. What would you uh, you know what, how would you say going about investing in property? Um, and how what is a mortgage and how does a mortgage work? Okay, uh, one can make investments in property again, subject to your aspirations and goals and your long term plan. I suppose the first thing you would probably aspire for is having your own place to live in. And that 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 is key that you should start planning to get onto the property ladder as soon as possible. Now, you can from the minute you start earning get a mortgage to buy that property. The mortgage you can get, mortgage is just like you borrow money from a financial institution like a bank or a building society. And the term is usually 25, 30 years over which you pay interest and capital. So it's like borrowing money from a third party to assist you in buying the house. Again, property now, particularly in London, is not cheap. For a two-bed flat, you're now looking at a minimum of three or four hundred thousand. So the question is, how on earth would you be able to afford a property like that? So you would need a deposit to put down of say anywhere between ten to fifty thousand. You can apply to the government for what is known as help to buy. So the government will then uh, make a loan to you on a very cheap basis. And the amounts you can borrow is up to five times your or your partner's uh, being both joint salaries. So, for example, if you're earning 30000 a year, then you can borrow 150000 And if you have some money saved, then you can buy a flat or a property up to, say, 180000 200000 um, If... You, you're married or you, you're going to buy jointly with a partner or a sibling, then the joint incomes count. So, for example, if both of you are earning 40000 each, that's 80000 80 times 5 times, then you can borrow up to £400,000 to buy your property. Now, buying a property is a very sensible thing because property prices have appreciated time and time again. And you've kind of got an investment in that property. What I would not suggest at this stage, whilst you've just come out of university, you've started work, is to start investing in residential property as an investment. Because your first priority should be, how do I get onto the housing ladder for your personal use? rather than for an investment. Time will come when you've got plenty of income, you've sorted out your mortgage payments on a regular basis, and then if you've got monies left over, then certainly you can buy what is known as buy-to-let property. One of the things that you know, people ask about um, is, you know, I want to get involved in the stock market, and I've, I've heard you, know, you, can make, you, know, you can make some strong returns in the stock market, but how, how do I know where to invest, what to invest in, um, if I'm, you know, if I don't have the the knowledge that other people who work in finance, for example, might have, where how do I know what stocks to go for? Okay, stocks and shares is always appealing because you hear stories in the press and uh, um, media. People make a lot of money. First of all, 
first thing to appreciate, stocks and shares investment is very risky. And therefore, it needs to be on a long-term basis, i.e. more than five years. So you don't invest in stocks and shares on a short-term basis. Secondly, the best way to enter the stock market is via your individual savings account. By saving in an individual savings account, you can invest the whole lot in stocks and shares. Now, Dil, you're asking, how do you know what's a good share to invest? Well, there are many, many, many fund managers. And what I would suggest is not to invest directly into one or two shares. The reason for that is you want to diversify your risk by investing in a mutual fund, which invests uh, in maybe, say, 20, 30, 40 companies, you are diversifying your risk. Secondly, by going to a fund manager, they're the experts. So you're appointing them to handle your uh, share portfolio. So they, they, they would monitor the markets on a daily basis, buy, sell, hedge, uh, whatever they need to do, depending on the news coming out for those companies. So it becomes a managed uh, situation. Now, if you do open up an ISA, the individual savings account, there are many, many managers and platforms that you can go on to. And I can, I can give you examples. There's a platform called Funds Network, which is owned by Fidelity. The second one is Hargreaves Lansdowne. And they have everything on their website. They suggest how you should be investing, etc. Now, whilst you're young and you have a five-year-plus horizon, then you should be investing in slightly riskier shares because those will do well in the longer term. Or if you are risk-averse, then there are bonds and slightly safer shares that you can go into. But all this information can be gleaned from uh, websites as to how you invest. You mentioned for things like pensions and ICEs uh, that one of the biggest benefits, is, uh, you know, is the tax efficiency. How do I know how much I have to pay in tax? So, and how does the UK tax system work currently? Okay, and again, a good question. First of all, every individual in the UK, whether you've just been born or whatever age you are, you get personal allowances of, at the moment, it's around £12,500. So that means any income from all sources up to 12500 goes completely tax-free. The next slab starts from 12500 to 50000 i.e. the next 37500 And the the tax rate, it's called the basic tax rate. It's taxed at 20. And then the next tax rate is from 50,000 to 150,000. And that 100,000 is taxed at 40%. Anything you earn over 150,000 is taxed at 45%, which is called the additional rate. So you have personal allowances taxed at zero, first 12,500. Then the next 37,500 is taxed at basic rate of 20%. And then the next 100,000 is taxed at 40%, which is called the higher rate tax. And finally, whatever you earn over 150,000, you get taxed at 45%, which is called additional rate of tax.
Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. If you found it useful, then um, please let us know. And if you have any questions about what was discussed today, then also uh, feel free to DM us on Instagram or, or any of our socials. Um, and till next time.